any exercise is medicine, right? Maybe people have heard this, but there really is no, with good technique or more or less, there's no bad exercise. There's only a wrongly prescribed exercise. So if you understand some movement principles, any movement can be an energizing activity. So as an example, pressing exercise for the upper body, you're going to get energy and flow to the chest, to the upper back. You're going to open up the heart center. If you really want to exercise your boundaries in life, you're having trouble saying no, pushing away. That's like you're saying no to things. When you're pulling, you're opening, you're receiving. So you can look at it from that. And what I would encourage people to do with, with all their movement practice, whether it's training hard in the gym, which will be a little bit more challenging to do this, but when you're unloaded and your focus is energizing the body, put intention to it, make it be a ritual. So many things in my life now, I've got so much more richness from simply by adding an intention practice before. That's Mike Salemi, and this is episode 376 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because If you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. This show wouldn't be able to live and be brought to you for free without our partner, Cured Nutrition, a 100% organically farmed cannabidiol. Say that like three times fast, cannabidiol. It's more than just CBD though. CBD can be quite confusing. So I simplified it. I did the research over six months. I found Cured Nutrition. This is all the parts of the plant, the hemp plant that give you rich terpenes and healing compounds that allow you to sleep well and move well. And now multiple scientific research studies have shown promise around using cannabidiol for pain management as well. This is a full spectrum, 100% organically farmed hemp oil. It's grown in the rich sunshine rays of Colorado. I don't know if you've been to Colorado. It is easily the perfect place in the entire United States to harvest powerful nutrients and plant medicine. Essentially, that's what this medicine is. It's plant medicine for your body and soul. I personally take the full dropper of the 2000 milligram. I place it under my tongue for 60 seconds. I feel this in my digestion. It gives my stomach this warm, calming feeling. Give Cure to Test Drive. If you've been dealing with pain or anxiety or you can't sleep well at night, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Get 15% off your organically farmed full spectrum hemp. Wellnessforce.com forward slash cured and use the code wellnessforce to get a nice savings. 15% is really good, y'all. Check them out. Give them a test drive. What's up, interwebs and podcast world and planet Earth? This is Josh Trent. I'm your host and your guide and really your friend here on this journey, this wellness journey. You made it to Wellness Force and welcome to the show. If you're joining us for the first time, here's a digital high five, maybe even a quick hug if you like hugs, if you're a hugger. If you're coming back for maybe the hundredth time or the 376th time, I just want to say thank you. You know, I I really appreciate from my heart to your heart that you spend time with us here on the show. And the show, if you know, has taken a lot of different turns over the past five years. I find myself 
talking to you living in Austin, Texas today. This is the place where I recorded this episode with our featured guest today, but I actually hadn't moved here yet. (laughs) It's like a month ago. So it is absolutely surreal that I'm standing at my standing desk, looking at the Texas skyline, about ready to share this podcast with you that is a powerful intersection of physical intelligence and physical health specifically, right? Kettlebells, strength, and spiritual growth with a return guest for the show, a world-renowned human performance and international presenter in the fields of health and fitness, where he has 20 years of being elite, powerlifting, and kettlebell sport. He's also a Division I strength and conditioning coach for Santa Clara University, and he focuses on teaching around the world, certifications, workshops, and now digital programs that focus on unconventional, safe, and powerful training that builds balanced humans. I mean, isn't that what we're all looking for is balance? But as you know, because of the forced mask wearing and the bullshit that so many people are having to experience right now because of politics, greed, and control, how do we do this? How do we find balance using our body weight and kettlebells outside the gym? Well, our guest today is gonna share with us how. This is the one and only Mike Salemi. I got to interview Mike in person for this video podcast where we talked about a concept called movement as medicine. We're going to dig into how to cultivate body awareness, what advice Mike gives to us on someone starting a brand new fitness program. And this is perfect. As the new year approaches, Mike's going to break down kettlebell lifestyle training, corrective exercise and conditioning. And this is really powerful because a lot of times we focus on just the intellectual part of physical health, you know, like reading and researching. But when it comes to your actual mental, spiritual, emotional health, let's be honest, the physical is the foundation. If your physical body is messed up, or if you're having pain, or if you have excess weight, the first thing to go away is mental, emotional, and spiritual, right? Because we live in a physical body. When we're stressed, when we're eating too much, and we're not moving enough, maybe 2020 has rocked you, (laughs) like me in the physical realm, and you put on some extra weight. Well, Mike and I are going to talk about what you can do about this from a self-love perspective. We're going to talk about breath work and how it strengthens the heart-to-head connection, the body-mind connection. And we'll talk about how to stay true to your heart's intention, why Mike actually chooses to lead strength and conditioning and kettlebell with the combination for selected people and safe spaces, combo, this ancient frog medicine why he serves that medicine in a sacred way. And we'll talk about Mike's program, which I absolutely love. You can go to wellnessforce.com forward slash kettlebell. You can get Mike's kettlebell lifestyle program to save your joints and feel energized and really be ready for anything. I mean, this is like a truly customized program. You know, a lot of people sell programs online, but when you buy it, they like never talk to you again. You just buy their program and they give you a login and they're like, bye-bye. Not the case with Mike. You can join people From over 20 countries across the world, you can learn how to work out pain-free, be able to play your sport, lose your weight, experience a better range of motion. This is amazing. Wellnessforce.com forward slash kettlebell. There's an amazing discount for you there. You can also go right to the show notes page, wellnessforce.com forward slash 376 to get your discounts for Mike's program and learn more about kettlebell lifestyle, wellnessforce.com forward slash 376. Also, if you know someone who is wanting to lose physical and emotional weight this January or right now today, share this podcast with them. Do them a favor. Take one step of generosity that takes you five seconds. Share this podcast with them so they can join people from across the world to do this lifestyle program using the kettlebell and their own body weight. You are not disempowered because the gyms have closed down. You are always empowered if you understand how to use your body and a kettlebell. 
You don't need to go to the gym anymore. You can do this at home. Okay, let's drop in live in Austin, Texas for this video podcast with the one and only my brother, Mike Salemi. Well, Mike Salemi, welcome to Wellness Force, man. Welcome back. Welcome back to Texas, right? Texas. The last time we did this show, um, we were in a different part of Austin. We're in the country right now, thanks to Ta and Cole, um, who do biointegration. So thanks for letting us use your home. But Mike, tell people, man, what have you been up to in about a year and a half since we recorded? We're going to talk about all things kettlebell and, and, and really how movement is medicine, because it truly is. And you're, I think, one of the world-class experts in kettlebell lifestyle and just the kettlebell in general, like what it means to use the kettlebell so you can actually be healthy. But give us the skinny, man. What's What's been going on with you? You have a new woman in your life and you may be moving to Texas. <laughs> just yeah. like it seems like 90% of everyone else is moving to Texas. Everybody's coming out here, man. And, yeah. you know, I, and I understand like the community out here. Like I have to say, like there's a really cool community. Like we were talking earlier before the podcast. Yeah. There's a really dope community in SoCal and NorCal. And I love those areas. And most of those people are moving to Texas. And I just like, every time I have another conversation, it's like, oh, did you know this person's moving here? Did you know this person's moving it's, here? It's insane. It's tough to beat this community. But yes. I mean, man, so much has happened since the last time we podcasted, to be honest. But like some of the biggest things, I mean, I think since the beginning of COVID, as an example, professionally, when we were talking last, I was on the road two to three weeks a month. So solid, solid with holidays, all that stuff, like six months a year, I was on the road teaching certs and teaching workshops and in-person deal. Within one week, the first week of COVID, nine months of my seminar workshop calendar wiped out. Yeah. And so it's been, you know, not, I'm sure there's other people in that boat as well, but it's been this massive pivot and a massive test and adaptability and running with like what's given to me. And so now I'm basically hundred percent online, which is actually, it's provided me way more freedom and space in my schedule than I ever would have imagined. And as much as I love traveling and love connecting in person, I'll always love that. I will say this has been the first time in probably three and a half years that I started training again myself at a level that I like always hoped for and dreamed of. Cause look, when you're on the road, bro, and you're traveling, as you know, like it's yeah. fucking draining. It's very draining. It's, yeah. And plus you're flying through the air, uh, at 300 miles an hour in a steel <laughs> tube and, um, we're being forced to wear masks and there's all the, we are in a time right now where I think more people need movement as medicine than ever. And that's not just some social media meme, like legitimately, I think most people are at home. Most people that even go to the gym probably don't even want to go there because they're being forced to wear a mask right now. Mm. That's why I was like, this is perfect timing mm. for your program and the offerings that you bring to the world. Um, since a year and a half ago, you probably started developing this online program way back then, yes? This it's, has been like actually 10 years in the making for you. Well, this has been like, I would say the culmination of 15 years plus of experience for sure. And then we actually started producing the program and I started designing the workouts and everything that's in it, because well, like it's it's pretty rad. It's 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 something I'm super proud about for 11 months. So like when that was a cool thing when COVID first started, you know I was already four to five months in the production process and outlining and doing all that stuff and shooting. So it's uh, now finally become available, which is really cool. We've already run two beta groups. We've got over 20 countries in it, uh, over 200 students, um, and the results have just been incredible because it is so much like it's as much it is a kettlebell program as it is a lifestyle improvement program. So you put the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you, you blocked it all in there 
and then share with us too, man, because I don't think too many people know this about you. Maybe if they're just seeing you or hearing you for the first time, you train with Paul Check, who's a mentor, a friend for maybe three years. I think you've trained with him. Yes. Yeah. I've been, you know, I mean, I would say if it's one thing that I, I, I really have done since I was a kid is I've been blessed and also fortunate enough to really seek out masters of their craft. So as a gymnast, when I was a young kid, like my coach was a two-time Bulgarian Olympian, Krasimir Dunov, worked with Jim Schmitz for a year, who was three-time U.S. Olympic coach in Olympic weightlifting, trained at Westside Barbell for a month under Louis Simmons, three years with Paul Check, And like each one of those, it's, I mean, it's fascinating, like as much as I learned from working with Paul about everything that it has to do with mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health and improvement and et cetera, some of the biggest things that I took away from like didn't have to do with program design and all this stuff. It just had to do with being in the presence of someone just like a child, like a child learns by what they see and what they feel first and foremost from their parents, maybe for sure what they say, but what they feel and what they observe. So I was going down once a month to work with Paul for two and a half years and we'd spend between half a day to two days together. And in that time, when you start seeing just how he, how he moves, how he lives, how he talks, how he, um, man, it, it's it's really for me, it's the it's the biggest learning is like what's not said and what's felt and what's observed. Yeah. And so he's been a massive mentor, massive inspiration for a lot of what is in kettlebell lifestyle. And actually, he's in it too. So I brought in like I think it's like. 10 experts from different fields to also contribute. So he lectures on working in and sleep. And then uh, a lot of the internal check-ins that actually guide the movement practice. Because one of the things that I've learned in terms of working with all these coaches, they were all phenomenal in their own right. And I learned a lot. But what happened is, is like my personality is like, if you lay down a program for me, bro, I'm going to do it to the T and just like stick with it. And I will override or try to override my own internal mechanisms just to execute the program as it was designed. And what happened was, is I was getting results. You know, I was, you know, I won world championships as a teenager in powerlifting. And then in 2017, won the world championships in one organization in kettlebell sport. But what I was finding around those journeys is it wasn't sustainable. Mm. I had a lot of little injuries. I didn't quite know how to manage myself. And then with Paul, what he really showed me, I'd say the most valuable lesson is, irregardless of what program I perform, with these check-ins and learning how to modify a program, it's like it became from fixed to flexible. And so that's what Kettlebell Lifestyle does. It asks you five simple questions on every training day, and your training volume modifies based off of how you're feeling. Hmm. And then if you're too stressed, for example, if you're not sleeping, if you're not physically recovered, if you're not motivated, et cetera, then it'll send you to a working in day, which is like an active meditation day, or like a stretching day or a recovery day. So really the program can go as long as it needs to go. It's written each beginner or intermediate level to be nine weeks apiece, but you could spend 36 weeks on it. And that's really what I learned from Paul. And that's how at the end of the 2017 World Championships, I can honestly say before that, it would take me three to four weeks plus to recover from a competition. Because you're doing like thousands of reps during these competitions, right? In the competition training cycle in the three to four months, certainly, you know, yeah. it'd be tons. In the competition itself, we do, so I was competing in, in basically the two most classic events, but the one that I would say is like, the one that I really thrived was called long cycle. So we take, I was competing actually with two 32 kilo kettlebells, so 72-ish pounds each, 
and also 72 pounds in each hand. Yep. And also 40 kilos in each hand. So 88 pounds in each hand. And I would enter the 10 minute category. So 10 minute unbroken, you cannot stop. You cannot rest. Your only rest is really when the bells are at your chest or when the arms are locked out overhead, which is not a rest. Yeah. That doesn't sound very restful. (laughs) And we would go for five or 10 minutes nonstop. And after those competitions, like, I mean, actually not long after I did uh, two competitions in one day. In the morning, I did double 40 kilos for five minutes clean and jerk. So swinging to the chest and jerking overhead with the arms straight. And then I came back a few hours later and did 10 minutes with a double 32s. And then we have rankings based off of weight class and repetitions, et cetera. But you know, after that, you know, I was for sure tired for a few days, three days, but within a week I could bounce back. And I could never have said that had I not learned a lot of what, you know, the principles of how to govern my own body and utilize like what you said, movement as medicine. How do you take that and put it to the every person's life? Because I would assume that most people are aspirational in their like movement goals, right? They want to look good. They want to be able to lift a bunch of weight. If they're a man, maybe if they're a woman, they just want to have a healthy physique, whatever your goals are. Like, I think sometimes for me at least, and for most people, our mind can completely trump what our body is capable of. Mm. You know, like I did the the 20X three years ago with Mark Devine. It's like this 14-hour crucible where you overnight, you're running in wet clothes. It's darkness. They're screaming at you. They're kicking sand in your face. You're doing Murph, which is 300 air squats, 200 push-ups, and 100 pull-ups. And you're doing that in the middle of the night. And I did that because I wanted to feel what it was like when I pushed myself that hard. I wanted to see where my mind would go. And I learned a lot about myself in doing that. So if people don't have that awareness, like how do you integrate that in the beginning of this program? You know, how do you, how do you put body awareness and what someone's actually capable of uh, when they start it? Because I think a lot of people, when they're doing kettlebells, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, no, I think that's such a good, such a good point. So at least in my experience, most programs out there really are focused on punishing the body right? And there's a time and a place for that. Like what I heard you say and what I experienced you say in my own experience too is what we don't have in Western society or specifically in the U.S. very much are rites of passage. And so for like, unless you really go looking, looking for them like you did or me for competition, and I feel there's so much value in doing that. You learn so much about yourself. You test yourself. You really figure out not only what you're made of, but really that like, you are a lot stronger than you think you are. And yeah. and when you pull in those internal reserves, you can apply those life lessons in every fucking area in your life. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I will say is most people in my experience stay in really what I would consider the competition phase. They stay in a phase for whatever they are, they're going to whatever gym they're going to, a CrossFit gym, their home workout, P90X, whatever. Those are all high, high volume, high intensity, kick your butt workouts time and a place, but you got to ramp up to that. So kettlebell lifestyle is actually broken down into four phases. The first phase is an on-ramp phase, which takes depending, again, it can take as long as it needs to based off of how you're feeling, but between seven days to 10 days. And that is all focused on building the reserves, building the yin energy, building your life force so that you can create the potential to work out. So we focus on an individualized stretching program. I teach people how to identify what do they need to stretch in under 15 minutes? What is the priority of what to focus on? teach people active meditation. Every different phase of the four phases has active meditation in a different one. Uh, Also teach people how to uh, basically perform some of the most foundational movements. Not very many, but just literally it's almost optional. The movement part with a kettlebell in the on-ramp phase or in the beginning 
is not the priority, mm. right? So it's like, if you got time, if you want to get a little movement in, you can, but we're really building that. And then we move into what I call general conditioning or base conditioning. Then from there, uh, so it goes, actually it goes on-ramp, corrective and base conditioning, and then we move into high performance. So by the end of it, not only do you, have you learned really the lifestyle components of what it takes to sustain high performance training, but you could, it was a program more than any other thing that I ever designed that has been designed to be gone through multiple times because every single time you can improve in load, you can improve in uh, really the main factor is hopefully every time you go through it, you take better care of yourself. And you do the program, you're able to perform more of the workouts, more of the sets, more of the reps. And so every time you take it, you could say, man, my like, my level of potential and vitality and performance continually started increasing as opposed to, man, I just wrecked myself and now yeah. it's going to take me one, two, three months to recover from something that should have been building my vitality in the first place. So if somebody's never touched a kettlebell in their life, you're able to give them, it sounds like somewhat of an assessment, Yes. Absolutely. In the beginning of the program. So like where they're tight, where they're loose, and then these foundational movements like the swing. Most people are kyphotic. Mm. Like right now, I'm, I'm real in kyphosis. <laughs> this is back in my training days is when you're sloping forward and your thoracic spine is going backwards. So I'm always constantly throughout the day, I'm always going like this. Just It's like a half inch movement mm. where I'm just, that's it. Even right now, I feel it. And it's interesting energetically. I don't know if you do this in your assessment. I'm curious how this looks. Maybe we can go deeper into that. Mm. When people are kyphotic, which is driving the car on the cell phone, like just life in general, it's like a very sagittal thing where we're just always sloping forward. How do you deal with people that have kyphosis? Most, uh, most people, I think, that maybe have a sedentary job, they just kind of naturally have kyphosis because gravity takes its toll. Mm. So how do you address that with the kettlebell swing? So with the kettlebell swing, so here's the thing. So kettlebell swing, for those of you who aren't familiar, most people I'm imagining who are listening are familiar with it. It's one of the key movements that most people identify. I would say the swing and the getup are probably the two most iconic movements that someone might do with a kettlebell. Kettlebell swing, fantastic ballistic movement, explosive movement. It's a hip hinging pattern. And as great of a movement as it is, right, as wonderful of a movement it is, it's not right for everybody at any given time. Yeah. And so one of the things that I have to do as a coach is really um, ground people in the level of awareness of where they are right now. Not saying that if that's part of the goal or part of the program, we won't get to that. But before you load a movement through, honestly, even though the kettlebell swing is considered a foundational kettlebell movement, it's not foundational, bro. It, you're doing repetitive, high-speed movements. And especially if you're talking about a two-handed kettlebell swing, think about this. One of my old coaches, six-foot-ish, seven feet tall, maybe six-foot-six, uh, just under 400 pounds, huge, like a strongman competitor. His shoulders were like a brick house, bro. If you try to get him to do a two-handed kettlebell swing, especially a cast iron one, which is like typically, depending on the weight, the size changes, dude, there's no way he could even grab the bell without being in a, in a rounded back posture, Yes, right? So just the, 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 the body structure of someone can make it challenging. But a kettlebell swing is not by any means the first place I would start someone. So oftentimes, I've got to tell someone like, hey, this is where you are. Let's reestablish some good positioning. The number one thing, honestly, that as it relates to coaching movement in the gym and outside, you, you said it perfectly. So I would say micro movements create macro movements. Okay, the ability to just make these small fine tunements 
in awareness. Awareness is the biggest thing in and out of the gym that is going to create the prerequisites for change anywhere. So just having the awareness of how you're holding yourself as if you want to think about, yes, you want to roll the shoulders back and down. You want to get, most importantly, get as tall as you can as if someone was pulling a string from the crown of your head up, right, from the ceiling like a dancer might be. That is the type of posture we want to be in on a day-to-day basis, but also you take that posture and you can apply it to anything in the gym. So I would say awareness is the most important. And then depending on that posture, if we want to focus on the physical aspect, like you mentioned, you know, briefly, like just how someone's feeling will impact their posture. So honestly, there may be no amount of rows or static wall leans for the neck posture. If you're not dealing with some of the things in your life or not aware of them, it's going to be very, that are closing down your heart center. It's going to be hard to open up or at least maintain that position when you're unconscious. So I would say awareness as a whole I would say looking at the emotional components. And then from there, it's really about opening up a lot of everything that's on the front of the body and starting to strengthen from an endurance perspective everything that's on the back. Mm. Okay, because when you look at posture, you're looking at endurance muscles of the body, long duration. We're meant to stand for hours on end. So if you just do five heavy rows, yes, that'll start strengthening the back, but you typically will not be able to maintain it unless you train for longer durations. I just feel like pulling is such a important thing that honestly most people don't do. Like pulling develops all those, um, like the posterior muscles that hold us upright and gravity is always trying to beat us down. Like right now, if we were to not be aware, gravity would just put us on the ground, mm-hmm. you know? And I think most people, because of the incessant monkey mind, life's responsibilities, um, just things that are really loading them both emotionally and physically. Um, without knowing it, they can just maybe an inch or two slope forward. So doing this type of training, like how does this emotionally impact people? Because I know physically, physically, people, we all want to look good because it's nice to look good. But from like a longevity and health standpoint, you know, how does this type of training impact people's emotional health? What what do they call it? The power posture, the power position when you stand tall and you put your hands on your hip, right? Yeah. Like just like that, like just or like st- Jordan Peterson says, stand stand up tall with your shoulders back. You yeah, know, it's in Twelve Rules for Life. It's okay. one of his postures. It's a reason it's in there, right? He talks about it in his work. I mean, what can you do from that posture? Not only does it truly embody like a, like a superhero type posture, so you can step into the the identity of the person that you're trying to be, but also too, I mean, one of the beautiful things that I, I admire and appreciate about you is we just did some. You created, you gave me an invitation to do seven minutes of your breathwork program, yes. which was not only awesome, but also it allowed me to not only get more grounded, tune into my body, get more clear. And it's very hard when you look at posturally. So when you're in this exaggerated kyphotic position, when your rib cage collapses down here, it's very hard to get a full diaphragmatic breath. Yeah. So when you open up the body, you can actually get that full diaphragmatic breath. And that is one of the, the biggest, at least in my experience, anchors to being grounded, being more in your body, feeling more confident. And so whether it's from that identity, that power position of the person you want to be and step into, or simply just the biomechanics of getting a full breath, that'll change the game on someone's emotional just uh, intelligence. Yeah. And the way that they can fill, I, I learned from Dr. Belisa Vranich, she wrote Breathing for Warriors, to breathe into the back of the kidneys, actually. Mm. She calls it vertical breathing versus horizontal breathing. So most people breathe like this, right? And then they're just tensioning their scalenes and they're more kyphotic and they're more forward flexed. So I'm, I'm curious to, to go through your program because I know that there's like a stretch protocol 
but is there also breath awareness in the program as well? Like, how did you integrate that in there? Oh, dude, you got me all excited, bro. You got yeah. me all excited. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a reflection of not only how I teach, but of my life. And so every single morning, there's uh, every phase, you have a new morning routine that's under 10 minutes long that incorporates uh, what I call a core temperature warm-up. So warming up the fascia, warming up the nervous system. And then we move directly into a few mobility exercises, primarily focused on the spine. For me, the spine is priority over everything when it comes to training. Then from there, then we do typically between two to four breathing exercises and you're done. So breathing is incorporated, even honestly, depending on where someone's at, like they don't have to do the entire workout program or whatever. If someone, and so many people have commented on this, just doing the 10 minute morning routine, change the game for someone, yeah. change the game. So there's a morning routine. Again, there's individualized stretching, active meditations and intelligently programmed kettlebell workouts for both level one beginner people who let's say either have zero kettlebell experience or even little to no resistance training experience and then a level two which is going to be more your intermediate maybe with some fitness experience and or a little kettlebell experience but they really want to take their performance their athleticism to a whole nother level that's what it's perfect for Okay, while you're watching this, just click a new window open, or if you're in the car, just <laughs> tell your wife or your husband. Um, just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash kettlebell, and you can learn about Mike's program right there. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm curious about, from an emotional perspective, again, I know we're talking about physical intelligence today, but so much of the request for the show, it's just like, how do I get out of stress? How do I get out of overwhelm? How do I get out of anxiety? How do I get rid of panic? And so I think about this concept of movement as medicine mm. and, and what are the things that we can't see about movement and, and what is the medicine that we can't see about movement? What does that really mean? How, do, how are we mm. healing ourselves through movement, but it's not just how big our biceps are or our body, like what's the healing part of movement as medicine? I mean, I mean, there's so much there, but like one, one I mean, one of the biggest thing is movement is pumping movement, you're pumping the lymphatic system. But the other thing is you're, you're pumping energy and stagnant energy. And that's also why, and, and even, you know, I was just thinking when I was back at Saltara, which is uh, an ayahuasca medicine center, you know, I brought a, a large group down there, myself and Connor Moore, and I didn't have anything to do with the medicine work other than, other than just bringing people down. But what I did contribute was movement workshops. So body weight from stretching to movement and what I did is even though like we could look at the biomechanics of like a psoas stretch or whatever it is or an eldo, which is incredible, but when you look at movement via energy centers in the body, you know, you can do, and that's what working in is essentially, you're utilizing movement to create not only awareness, breath, pumping, and an energy, like getting stagnant energy to move. And that is like when we're sitting down all day, like you're, you're a lot of times, specifically if our posture is poor, you're physically and emotionally going to be more likely to be stagnant. I, I just got a visual of like a dead end lake where all the sediment sits. It's mm. kind of what happens in our body. Yeah. hundred percent. From a blood perspective. It's like our sediment gets stuck and then we emotionally are just bathing in our own shit. <laughs> yeah. You're just, re yeah. it's not funny, but it is funny. Cause it's like, well, here's how to fix it. Well, think, oh, dude, I love that. I mean, yeah. you got that stagnant lake versus a stream. Yeah. Or a river. And that's why you don't want to be drinking, even if it's clean, you know, if it's uh, non, let's say, contaminated or whatever water, you don't want to be drinking out of a stagnant lake. Yeah. But you can drink out of that mountain water, that Shasta water all day, bro. Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. will energize, vitalize. So, you know, you can take, you know, uh, exercises, any exercise, any exercise is medicine, right? And I don't believe, and maybe people have heard this, but there really is no 
with good technique or more or less, there's no bad exercise. There's only a wrongly prescribed exercise, right? So if you understand some movement principles, any movement can be an energizing activity. So as an example, if you're to do a pushing exercise or a pressing exercise with the upper body, we can look at it from two perspectives. Pressing exercise for the upper body, you're going to get energy and flow to the chest, to the upper back. You're going to open up the heart center. The other thing too is you can look at it from like... um from the perspective, if you really want to exercise your boundaries in life, you're having trouble saying no, pushing away is exerting. That's that's like you're, you're, uh, you're saying no to things. When you're pulling, you're opening, you're receiving. So you can look at it from that. And what I would encourage people to do with, with all their movement practice, whether it's training hard in the gym, which will be a little bit more challenging to do this, but when you're unloaded and your focus is energizing the body, put intention to it. Make it be a ritual. So many things in my life now, I've got so much more richness from simply by adding an intention practice before. So again, if you're doing a body weight uh, uh, or even just an energy push, pushing forward, pulling back, you're exhaling, working with your breath, letting go of what you don't need right now bringing in gratitude, bringing in what you want to energize, filling the body. You do that for literally, even if it's just one to five minutes, Yeah, game changer. Yeah. And and like literally a switch, because you know, respiration, breath work, it's the only autonomic lever we can pull that'll actually help us with our stress. There's nothing else we can do that's automatic. Like you're not digesting your own food. <laughs> you're not beating your own heart, right? There's like divine intelligence that's doing all this for us. But I feel like breath is this beautiful bridge where we actually get to be in communion. And I'll take away the woo speak, connected mm. to something that we all don't understand, but yet we all know we can feel depending on our level of awareness and, and spiritual growth. So there is this piece where by cycling our breath, and like you had said, just even intentional breathing, like visualizing an orb, or maybe just visualizing all the stuff you don't want to hold on to anymore. I think this is really like the thing we can't see when we look at movement as medicine. Mm. And with all your training across the world, like I would, I would assume, and, and please tell me that I'm wrong, but I would assume <laughs> that most people, when they start a kettlebell program in general, they want to be a badass. They want to like look good and look ripped. And I'm not saying that's bad. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But what's deeper about this program and what's deeper than just looking good that you really have heard from people that have taken it? You said there's 20 countries that have been up in this kettlebell program. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's the feedback about like emotional health um, that you've gotten from people, like real-time feedback? I mean, I was so pleasantly surprised at how many people enjoyed, like I was sharing earlier briefly, just like everything that wasn't even about kettlebells. That not only gave them, I mean, just that morning routine, like we were talking about, the breath work, the awareness, the spine, everybody in the program, if they're following the program as it was designed, is hopefully a little taller. (laughs) You know, like not actually like their bones are growing by any means, but they're actually carrying themselves different. And when they carry themselves, they feel different about themselves, not only how they relate to themselves, but how they relate to their kids, to their wives. And so I've heard so many times like, man, I just... I feel like, you know, without sounding weird, like a better person around my family. And so I think that's, you know, some of the biggest things and even like the stretches. So with the stretches, I think it's really important. Like it's not just important to stretch. Like stretching can be very, very helpful, can be energizing, it can be opening, expanding, which is beautiful. But the key thing about Kettlebell Lifestyle or just in any program you do is you want to make it individualized for you and where you are in this moment. And then so with the stretches so many times, like I'll use 
Some of them are classic stretches. Some of them are non-classical stretches. But I add a perspective of so much more fine-tuned awareness that has helped me in my journey. So like what you were saying, just how to do these micro movements and cues to actually just get a millimeter of change to create a little bit more tension, a little bit more intention into the stretch and just watch how that changes. So some of the people have been like, man, I recognize a few of these stretches from high school football, but now I know exactly what to feel. Yeah. Instead of being forced to do something, they're, of, they're being pulled into it. Yeah. There, there is this reciprocity that I feel like with energy sometimes, like you had talked about uh, healthy boundaries when you push. And sometimes pulling, I feel like, can be the most cathartic thing because if someone is feeling depressed, then they can pull themselves up. Mm. But if they're feeling like they need boundaries and they can push away the people or the things that are stressing them out. So I'm, I'm thinking now just in real time with you, like the, the medicine that comes with movement, I was a trainer and I based all my looks and, and the way that my body was on my value. And I think this is like a core differentiator of like your work, because most people might look at you and they're like, wow, this guy's probably at first glance, he's probably a jock. He probably doesn't know anything <laughs> about anything besides being in the gym. And it's just completely not true. Like you're integrated, you, you know about all these things, the mental, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual. So what, what is it about you that really, really flavored this program? Like what, what, what did you put in here? What did you put in here? You take from all these quadrants. What is it about you that wants you that that makes you keep on doing this work and doing it with like such curiosity? You're playful when you talk about it. You want to know the truth, man? Yeah. Uh, you know what's cool? So, uh, so this is my second program that I've created. The first program was called Mastering the Kettlebell. It's a great program. It's more like multiple certifications of of information and knowledge for the kettlebell. The big difference in terms of like just this will paint the picture. So. Uh, I love rap, like I love Tupac, I love all that stuff. And I'll still listen to that stuff from time to time. But when I look at what I was doing, when we talk about ritual, so before I would film or shoot or whatever it was, for the last program, it was basically me listening to like Tupac, Biggie, just getting a little dance, getting in my zone, right? (laughs) Now, before I was filming this program, I had video guys there. And I was, uh, there was about a three-year difference between when that one, first one was filmed to this one. And I'd be saging the entire space. I was filming at Mindful. <laughs> I was saging the entire space. I had uh, medicine music playing, yeah. the Pachamama music, and I was just jamming to that. And uh, Eli knows me, who's, who you've met, who's a great, great guy, but he had his video team there and they don't know me. So I had, I was saging the space. I was listening to medicine music, which is so awesome. Uh, I was doing a little breath work. And then after it, um, what, what's his name? Uh, doctor, I think his name is Dr. Nick, don't quote me, but he's got essential oil wizardry. Yeah. Yeah. So he, Dr. Nick, man, we'll leave the link in the yeah. in the show notes. That's an amazing guy. Amazing. And his products are so beautiful. They're, they're all hand selected. Anyways. So much love and intention put into him, right? Yes. So have you seen his vaporizer? Not yet. Okay. So it... it kind of honestly looks like what I would imagine, like a crack pipe kind of okay, deal. Okay. So, but you can vaporize essential oils. So as before I'm filming, I'm vaporizing like peppermint oil or whatever it was, I don't recall. And so I've got this thing with a glass thing and I'm lighting it, and I'm inhaling it, I'm offering it to all the film guys and they're just like, I'm good, bro. We don't want your drugs, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, you know, I really do feel like, like, how do I say this? You've got so much knowledge, life experience inside you. So when you hop on this podcast or when you hop on camera, it's not about what you you already know. It's it's 
how do you get yourself in the energetic state, the energetic vibration to tap into that? Before, yeah. I used to be so much more about reading my notes. I need to hit this bullet, this bullet. Now I know it's inside of me. The only thing I got to do is get myself into a zone and into feeling the most mic that I can feel. And then whatever comes out will be what's meant to come out and it'll have the energetic vibration of that note. And so when someone's watching whatever it is now, creating a ritual before, whether it's through music, which is beautiful, essential oils, whatever it is for anybody. Yeah. And you can do this before any practice. Man, that is really, that that it's truly a reflection of my heart and what I want people to uh, to feel when they're performing the program. Man, it's crazy. There were so many visuals I was having when you were talking. I was thinking about like the ultimate hero's journey where there, we don't really have initiations in this world and people that, I'll speak specifically for men because I don't know what it's like to be in a woman's body, but I'm sure women have their own initiations as well. Um, when you were talking about like, you know, the events that you used to do where you would go really hard. And I mentioned the the seal fit piece. I think that's the soul wanting to grow. It's the soul wanting to experience what life is like on like a different plane, different dimension. And we can get there through the physical, right? Through breath and through movement. But I think about your journey and it's just so inspiring to watch because man, most, most men at your juncture, at your journey, like they're just not this aware of what's really going on. And I think a lot of it came from your, your teachings with Paul, but there has to have been something else that, that helped you and fueled you with this too. Because uh, although Paul is an extremely powerful teacher and mentor, there's got to be something about your soul contract here on planet Earth that's making you do this work, that's that's pulling you into this work, not pushing you. Because pulling is such a different energy, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. So if you, were to, if you were to put a finger on this, was there a time in your life where you didn't feel pulled by this work? And then when did you start to feel the strong pull to actually do it? Hmm. The first thing that comes up is like, with some people, like what's interesting, right? People, people make... And I do this myself too, and we all do this, but you see someone on social media, you see what someone puts out, and then you create a label for them, and you think that's what they are. So most people think of me at first glance maybe as a kettlebell guy or a Bulgarian bad guy, and then, or depending on where, uh, an Aldoa stretching guy, I don't know, you know, a uh, combo practitioner, but you know, we're all people. We're all a combination of life experiences and so many different things. And what I, I honestly get for like joy out of when people like start, taking my programs or start talking to me, they're like, or listening to this podcast, which is a great, just I'm super grateful to be here and get this message out. It's just like, you know, just um, people are so much more than what they put out on social media, you know, and there's so much more to it. So I've been into holistic health since I was 18 into this stuff. So I was a strength and conditioning coach. At a Do you know how rare that is? I've been into holistic health since I was 18. Like that's not on most 18 year olds minds. Yeah. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was working at a holistic lifestyle center. It was the okay. only, it was actually, Paul's, it was run by Paul's uh, first student, I believe it was from the Bay Area. And so a guy named Brian Champ. And so he was, you know, he had a hypnotherapist, he had functional medicine practitioners, uh, spiritual workers in there. And so like, at a young age, I had exposure to all this stuff, which I feel so blessed. So it's always, I would say it's always been on the path, but it's continually evolved. So where someone saw me, maybe how I was eating or training or whatever at 18, it's not the same mic that I was at 20, at 22, 25, 33, and where I'm going to go forward. It's like, if it's anything, you know, we're all constantly evolving specifically if we act as best as we can in alignment with what our heart's saying, what our spirit's guiding us to. 
And if it's one thing that I've always done since a, since really a kid is I've been, um, I would say, very connected to my heart. And so if I'm doing things that aren't in alignment with that, I can just, it just wrecks me. And I can do it, but it'll literally make me physically sick mm. and ill. So I've kind of had this compass. But one of the things that I would say has been such a... Um, how do I say, has really catapulted or really accelerated this process has been when I started getting into serving combo. And the role of serving and how much reverence and respect um, I have to not only carry that medicine and serve that medicine, but also to be able to sit, witness, support, and hold space for someone has literally blown my heart wide open and given me such like humbleness for the human experience and that same humbleness, I truly feel because there is truly no separation, as you super well know, between all the aspects of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It's 100% carried over and spilled over to what people see when they see me post a kettlebell swing or whatever it is. Because I'm the same person who's also on the weekend or whatever doing a meditation circle or whatever, whether people know it or not. Yeah. And I, it just feels different. It feels more, um, feels more me. Yeah, well, you've, we've all heard this um, phrase, like, your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm. And so, like, what is your tribe? Like, what's the vibe you're putting out? I mean, I can feel it. Mm. I know what it is. If, to me, it feels like integration. Mm. You know, we talk about this curve of intelligence on the show, whether it is physical or emotional. And I feel like it's we gather info for a long time. We'll listen to all the podcasts. We'll do all the certifications. We'll do all the things. And then we actually have to do it, you know, like do the movements, do the exercise, do the meditation, do the breathing. And then at the end of that arc of intelligence, there's like the embodiment. Mm. And we're all, we're all like either running, walking or crawling to embodiment, mm. <laughs> you know? And, and so th there is this phase, I think that most people get stuck in where they just gather. And have you ever found yourself in that phase early in the journey where you thought by having a bunch of different certifications and a bunch of different things that, that might somehow make you feel embodied? Because to me, I experience you as an embodied teacher, you know, someone that really lives and walks and breathes the pillars. But there has to have been a time when it wasn't like that. Oh, dude. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, yeah, man, I mean, I think so much of what I'm learning, like I have the pattern of and have had and I have to be just aware of it of putting mentors on a pedestal, right? And just like wanting to be them or also thinking, I'm less than, I'm never enough. Now, that's a, the light and the shadow side to everything. So the light side is maybe what, you know, some some of the competitions I've won or something like it's forced me to, you know, really grind and want to learn all this stuff. But then the shadow side is just that feeling of emptiness, that there's never enough that's going to fill the cup. And so it's still something that I have to be very aware of and that I continually work on. But absolutely, man, that's why, you know, as an example, I mean, I've taken darn near, you know, I've been using kettlebells for well, I think 17 years. I've taken, I don't even know, uh, almost every single type of kettlebell certification out there, probably like seven or eight of them of the major ones. Yeah. And then multiple levels, whether it's one level, one level, two level, three. And then I've retaken all those courses. One, because I fucking love learning. And even the same information prevent, presented by a different instructor with a different vibe and different life experience, different examples, yeah. I learn from. But part of that, if I'm being honest, is like, it'll never be enough. And then I got to a point where I was like, yo, you could hold all this stuff to yourself or maybe now, and that for me was when I was 30 and I transitioned out of my family business and really went full-time into this dream. I was like, now it's time to share. 
and you'll always be learning, you'll always be growing. But man, I would say for most of my life, and still, it's still a you know a pattern I got to be aware of. That yeah, like you hold yourself, and I think that's why comparison is can be such a toxic thing. You compare yourself to people out there, and when it's really like, man, the the message for me is focus on you, get it out, get some feedback, tweak and go, tweak and go. Mm, I love that you said that. The comparison, I've heard like comparison is the thief of joy, which seems mm. pretty true on all fronts. People that start a program of any kind, whether it's body weight or kettlebell they may fall into the trap of like being motivated by self-hatred or motivated by comparing themselves to someone else who looks better or performs better or something like that. Um, is this program for anyone? Like literally, is it for anyone or is there, is there realistically, truthfully, are there people that shouldn't swing a bell or there people that shouldn't do kettlebell? Who's it really designed for? What's the niche? So I'll give, I'll give the example. So it's really two different populations. And the way I did this was, uh, when I was filming, I had like a giant cue card, like, or whatever it was. And I would just write Flynn and Patrick, two cue cards. Okay. So I could envision and really just feel who I was speaking to. Cause it's very hard, not very hard. I could do it, but it just feels mechanical and doesn't feel like my heart if I'm just speaking to a small lens. Right. But if I can envision who exactly I'm speaking to, there adds that feeling component. Right. And that more relatability. And then I think of stories and I think of all this stuff. So Flynn was actually my developer. He's in Pakistan. And so he doesn't, man, we did, I just had him one day just do some just just basic bodyweight squats and he was out of breath. Now we've worked on his fitness too. Yeah. Uh, because it's important for me that anyone who's involved in the program also, again, it's it's so much less about the outcome and it's more about the process. So I don't care really, really where anybody is in their journey. My goal is to, f- to help them find where to start and then guide them slowly along the process. And that's where the gold is. That's where the lessons are. But Flynn has very little to no resistance training experience, literally sits at a desk all day and programs all day. So, you know, and again, it's going to, you're going to fill out a five question questionnaire on the workout days. So if you're not able to do or whatever it is, you're super stressed or you're sore or whatever it is, you're not sleeping, like he wasn't sleeping, it's going to either drop you to the bottom end of the volume, reps and sets, or it's going to say, yo, today, skip the workout day or push it forward or push it back, whatever, and then do your active meditation. So it's for someone who has little to no kettlebell experience and little resistance training, even if that, uh, it can take as long as it needs to take. And then the second person is Patrick. Now, Patrick, uh, he's, I love this guy. So Patrick is the type of guy who doesn't know if there's a gas pedal, he goes from zero to 120 with nothing in between. And so when I work with Patrick, I've been working with him for over a year now, my main goal, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but has had six, I think it's six hip surgeries and seven knee surgeries. His body's been talking to him. His body's been, well, his body's yeah, been talking yeah. to him, but he's, screaming. he's been screaming. <laughs> he's had a difficult time listening. And so granted, he's a high level competitor, respect to that, very knowledgeable, very skilled in movement, right? Uh, didn't have much kettlebell experience, but v- I mean, he's been training his whole life. He's in his fifties, uh, but his body's shot. And it's yeah. because he hasn't known or hasn't, he, he's basically hired me to help teach him everything that's in between that zero to 150 and how and when, how hard to push, how much, because him, like many people, myself included, all I've known is the grind. All I've known is I have to push myself to get to this level. And I love the book Essentialism because the message really, I would say, of Kettlebell Lifestyle is less but better or finding the right amount. And if what I found is if you do the right amount, what you'll find is you have to do way less strategically. 
Yeah. And the results are way more and there's a longevity focus. So for Patrick, as an example, I mean, uh, he had a little kettlebell experience. He's, I would say, fairly fit, but he basically hasn't been able to do what he loves. He hasn't been able to do any jujitsu because he cannot sit with his butt on his heels as if he's in a position on the floor. He can't get to that position without extreme knee pain. Mm. So for him, it's been about restoring movement quality, teaching him the system and the structure. So, you know, it's someone maybe with some resistance training could be a trainer, but wants to learn the kettlebell, wants to get back to what they love doing. So those are the two populations that I had in mind as I was sharing Flynn and Patrick. That's um, cool. It's like we, we've all heard of like the avatar. Um, and if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business, there, there's a phrase called who's your avatar? You know, who's, who's the person or, or people that you really want to serve? And when I hear you speak about that, I think it's almost everyone. Like even if somebody has an injury, mm-hmm. there's a way, is there accountability? Is there nuance exploration? Like how do you take people that maybe have some special physical consideration is there a group or is there something where they can message you? Like, cause it's kind of delicate when people start a new program, maybe they, maybe they've had an identity to an injury. You know, mm. I, I know like I, I pulled my calf muscle, my, my gastroc. Um, it was actually my soleus two years ago. And I'm like, I don't really enjoy running anymore. You know? So that's an identity that I'm working through is like, I'm not a runner, but like I can actually go and run as long as I have the right biomechanics. So how do you address that for people that have had injuries and and they're identifying with those injuries, unfortunately? Yeah, it's interesting. So I would say it is definitely a program fit for anybody. But what I will say is they're going to have to be, uh, I always said like, there's no, like you don't, the only prerequisite to work with me or to take any of my programs, the only thing is to keep an open mind. And so you have to be open-minded enough to challenge some of like, you know, how you thought was the quote right way to train, which I don't believe there is any right way to train. Uh, There's many ways to the top of the mountain and it's more about the journey than anything else. But as long as you have an open mind and you're open to some of this stuff, damn, you'll get a lot out of it and a a lot, most likely more than, than one would think. And so when I discussed earlier, well, one, there's a forum. So anyone who gets the program gets into the Kettlebell Lifestyle community so they can ask questions and vibe with all the people from around the world, which everybody in there carries this vibe. Like, Mm -hmm. I think honestly, just being in that group and just connecting with, you know, people from around the world that you can relate to, like, it's beautiful from South Korea to Venezuela to Germany to France. It's rad. How did all these people find you? Man, I don't know. You know, I mean, I have my Instagram channel. I mean, like, yeah, 20 countries. And uh, it's been so cool to see people from the Philippines. You know, when I I will do sometimes like a QA and a call, like at midnight or 2 a.m. Like I've got a a more advanced, I call it Kettlebell Lifestyles Master's Group, which is more of a mentorship program as well. And man, my guy, I got one guy in the Philippines, one guy in Germany, the Filipino guy gets, uh, his name is Denzel. He wakes up at midnight for our calls. And he shows up and he is stoked. Yes. And I'm like, those are the people that I want in it. The people that are like, you know, uh, ready for this information, willing, hungry. If they're, if you're ready and you want to create some positive change, and you got an open mind, I will love to support you. And so you got the forum. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there's approximately 10 different contributors. So I brought in uh, two physical therapists, uh, Joey Salgado and Josh Morielli of the Bay Area. Great dudes, very high level. And so when you first come in, you have an intake questionnaire. Approximately, I believe it's like 15 to 20 questions. And it's asking you questions that you probably never would have thought like mm. from mental, emotional questions. Like, how do you feel? Like, what did, I forget what the words were, but like, uh, are you able to sit with yourself alone for one hour? Something like that. And basically it's looking at, can you, are you comfortable being alone with yourself? 
right? Which is something that nobody ever asks, right? They're like, what does it have to do with kettlebells? What does it have to do with kettlebells? It has yeah. everything to do with kettlebells, yeah. right? It has everything to do with how you approach movement, how you approach just, again, do you, do you need external stimulus, external validation to, to keep you going? Or do you have the intrinsic motivation to be solid with yourself? If you can't sit in a position and breathe for five minutes, that's way more important than being in the gym for 60, 100%, 10 out of 10. So questions on that, questions on if you've had any shoulder restrictions, hip restrictions, uh, how's your sleep, the quality of sleep, all these questions. And then based off of what you fill out, depending on what route you go in the program, it will send you content from Joey on what can you do to assess and treat shoulder restrictions and hip restrictions. So I've brought in people that are way more skilled than me in their areas to help support people again where they are in their process. Mm. And that's really like... If it's if it's one thing that I'm very blessed is I've I've developed a great network over the years. And I know like truly it's all about if you really if, if there's a personal trainer listening to this, one of the biggest things that I that I feel like any trainer or any practitioner can do is develop a solid team. Know what you do very well in, what you love doing, what excites you, what lights you up, and then bring in these these people that like when you have a client, as an example, that has something like a shoulder issue, if that's not your specialty, but you refer them to someone who is a Jedi for the shoulder, and you tell them, for right now, that's the priority, go see him. When you're ready, you come back to me, or maybe we work together. Dude, That you've got a lifelong client there, and that's truly how you help people. So I yeah. tried to bring in people like Paul and uh, Jator Pierre, who's a, a faculty member for Paul, specializes in mental emotional health. He talks about uh, moving beyond self-sabotage. He talks about the parts of self. And so people are going to get sprinkles from many more people than just myself. So it's not just about me. It's about, you know, raising the collective vibration. So that's kind of how that stuff shows up in the program. You guys saw, if you're watching this on YouTube, you saw some of the clips of Mike swinging the bell and, and some of the interesting B-roll from athleticism where, you know, anybody, anybody can swing a bell, truly, as long as they have the foundation. They mm -hmm. have to have the foundation. What are some of the things that people get wrong, like fundamentally wrong about training body weight or, or training with the kettlebell? Let's just go into that for a moment, because I think if they saw Jillian Michael swinging kettlebell, they probably got the wrong idea. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not to dog on Jillian Michael. It's like, I'm sure she's helped a lot of people, but I think like the road to hell is paved with good intentions sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's super important to work with somebody like yourself who is looking at the whole holistic picture of what it means to do a movement or what it means to have movement as medicine. So what, what are the things that people like tend to get wrong? Um, maybe even men and women specifically, when they actually look at a kettlebell, it can be um, a bit challenging to the psyche, right? Because it's not a machine. They can't just sit down and, and push away. So what, what are the things they get wrong? Man, you know, I would say, oh, there's... There's a lot there. <laughs> There's probably a lot. <laughs> but yeah. in terms of like, let's just pick, I'll, I'll take a few examples. But like the first thing as it comes to, uh, and we're going to use the kettlebell as an example, but you can relate this to anything, you know, like, and, and maybe this is just my approach. So for everyone who's listening, this is just what, what I feel resonates with me. But it's like, um, even how you approach the weight is, is significant to me. So when I approach the way, maybe this is my competitive background, uh, I've been competing my whole life in different sports, or maybe it's the ritual and the medicine work, but even before I step up to the kettlebell, I've got a ritual. Step a few steps back, shake it out, I'll take a few breaths, and then only when I'm ready do I approach the kettlebell. And for me, one of the most important things is, is the setup. 
So no matter what lift it is, the swing, the clean, the snatch, the overhead press, whatever it is, if your setup is jacked, 100% the execution phase, what you do when you're actually moving the dynamic portion of it is going to be impacted. On a kettlebell swing, if you start with the bell three feet out in front, like you'll see, I think it was Julian Michaels or anyone on YouTube, you know that's going to put you at a disadvantage when you start, no matter how good your technique is when you swing. So the first thing I would say is most people don't typically have an approach, right? They just literally... um, they like don't grab the weight and go. There's no respect. Yeah. Respect the weight. Ah. Respect the weight, right? Like it's uh, when I'm grabbing a barbell or anything or when I, no matter what it is, there's a level of respect there. And it's like it's usually when injuries happen or whatever happens, it's, it's a moment either of lost presence when your mind drifts and or just a lack of honoring what's in front of you. So no matter what weight's in front of me, I treat it, whether it's eight kilos or 48 kilos or double 40 kilos, no matter what weight it is, I try and always have the first rep or the last rep look as good as the first rep, have my setup reproduced, and then have my approach and that level of respect every time. So then what's happening is, is no matter what weight you do, what lift you do, no matter what, all that stuff is like driving a car. It becomes automatic, and it takes less and less energy, and then it taps you in like we were talking about the presenting or on camera. It's like when you know the proper setup, when you know how to hit pinch, have the awareness of the spine, then it's literally you can be more present in the intention of the lift, and you can tap into really like... This, this is also why like uh, music can be helpful or even lifting around buddies. Uh, I think Paul did an experiment with uh, in one of his courses where he, he took uh, um, uh, one of the female students and I think it was he had a guy deadlifting and he brought a female close to him and just mm. the energetic like, carryover. <laughs> it motivated made him. It, it made him stronger. And it's like, yeah. but those are all, those are like nuances and stuff like that. But you can focus more on like, Every time I step in the gym, specifically when I'm training for a competition or even outside of it, and people, no matter what your focus is in life, this can be, this was one of the most valuable things I ever learned from Paul. Even if you took all the the bio, the aura ring, or even my program out of the equation, if you step in the gym, and every single time you step in the gym, you can honestly ask yourself, I can and will exceed my last performance by one to 3%, mm-hmm. then you belong in the gym. If you don't, it's either modify the training or get your butt out of there. If you show up, that that just that question, a check-in, take a few breaths, can I meet or exceed my last performance by 1% to 3%? If you can answer that, let's go. Mm. And so that that's all. It's like so much about what you do before the lift, man, because it just makes everything so much easier. So, you know, uh, that's what I would say is most people miss is what happens before. That was quite the deep answer on the setup. I mean, I, I love that because gosh, like, look at how I prepared for this show. We breathed, we, we talked, we grounded, we made sure everything was set up properly. Like there's respect in that. And I, and I love how you said that. And see, this is what just blows me away about where you are in your life as far as age and your awareness, like your ability to really get to the heart of the matter, you know, cause most people look at physical, like it's separate from emotional. They just do. And I don't know why that is. I think it's because we are driven by a logical mind and we have a society where it's like, hey, cross your T, dot your I, this goes in this box, this goes in that (laughs) one. And there's no awareness that everything is truly connected. And we're learning more and more about this. The the science and spirituality quotient of this too is awesome. And I love how you bring in all these experts and and people like Paul and and like uh, Jator mm-hmm. that talk about the emotional side of it. Because quite frankly, man, if you could just speak to this person right now, there is someone watching or listening right now, and I'm talking to you. Maybe you're 
in your mid forties or fifties and you've kind of given up, mm. like you've literally told yourself, none of the other stuff worked for me. And, and why would this work? You know, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say, uh, one of the things that I've learned is one of the biggest things in anything specifically in my program is to trust the process. And so I've literally spent my whole life putting life experience in this and hiring the best coaches for my own journey. And then that, which I want to share with others, having been broken in multiple sports, what sent me to Paul was an injury that no one could figure out. I went through every practitioner for almost two years. No one. What could, was it? What was the injury? Man, I had a lot going on, but okay. one, of the big, <laughs> one of the biggest, I mean, yeah, the list is long, but I mean, I've, I've had fungal and parasite infections, H. pylori. I've had, um, uh, very bad atlas axis subluxation. I have an anatomical short leg that's considered significant. But what I went to Paul for was was called a compartment syndrome in my left forearm. Now, most people, let's say runners tend to get it, I believe in the calves. I think that's where they get it. But motocross racers will get it in the forearms. And Mm. so what happens is, is my forearm on any attempt in the gym hard, easy, heavy, whatever it was, my forearm would just pull. It would swell with blood, pull, and be super painful. So I'd be forced to let go. I would get within one to five repetitions of like, let's say the black belt level equivalent in kettlebell sport. But for years, I'd be forced to put the bell down and no one could figure it out. And that's really what Paul helped me with. So what I would say is, you know, one of the most important things when you're starting a program, and like I said, this is just a pool of my life experience from the greatest successes to the lowest of lows and what it takes to truly reach high performance in every aspect of your life and do so for the long-term longevity, you got to trust the process. And if you fully, fully trust the process and you give it your all and you take your time and you're patient and you have an open mind, it's truly for everybody. That's, that's, that's like, here's the thing too, Right. And I say this all the time. I've gone through the program so many times. And oftentimes I go through the level one beginner level because what's the beginner level? It's literally just regressions. It's, it's the deadlift, right? Just because the deadlift is a, is a, a regression to a swing clean or whatever it is, yeah. doesn't mean the deadlift is not a phenomenal exercise. So I've gone through even the beginner level three times almost. And my, my, my um, co-head coach who, who helps teach with me some of the, the master's group, he's gone through both levels two to three times. He's got over 10 years experience and I get benefit from the beginner level. I go back. That's like one of the things that, that gets, you know, gets me most excited because it comes down to awareness. Yeah. So when I approach the movement, approach the deadlift, I'm trying to check in like, what's the head and neck position? What's my posture doing? What's the integration doing? And every time I do that, it sets a, um, a more powerful, a more solid foundation from which to build levels on the house or levels on the building. So that's, I mean, even someone with an advanced lifter, if they have an open mind and understand, like when you look at, uh, you know, some of the best athletes in the world from basketball to whatever, to be honest, in my experience, very few of them do a lot of the sexy stuff outside of Instagram. Yeah. Most of them know that you got to practice your free throw shot a million times. That's where they focus their energy. So it just becomes automatic. And so, you know, falling in love with the process of mastering your body and mastering movement has really been the greatest medicine for me, I would say. Wow. What a beautiful answer. I think about how many times in life <clears throat> I specifically have like been hu- like humbled and not wanted to start over again. And look at this moment. I'll just be straight up. I'm usually 210. Like that's my good weight. Mm. And I feel great there. My body fat's awesome. I can perform well. 
but quarantine 20 set on man like this year and 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 it's not all fat like i know i'm also just naturally like i have a propensity to gain muscle i haven't done a dexa scan or anything but without shame without judgment like this is just where i am and i think the universe brings us to spaces on a consistent basis so we can always approach life with the eyes of a child right you can have the heart of a warrior of a man of an educated human but just to have that consistent reminder that like we don't have it all figured out. Mm. Things always change, no matter what age you are. Um, you'll be forced at times to start over. But there's such a blessing in that. There really is. Like, there's such a beautiful space to just start over again because it's like a clean slate. So if someone is feeling right now inspiration, obviously we talked about go to wellnessforce.com forward slash kettlebell. Mike gave you actually a really cool discount there and, and we'll link everything in the notes. But if somebody is on that phase where they're starting over, like enjoy it, mm. enjoy the do-over, <laughs> enjoy the clean slate because gosh, I'm in it myself, you know? And, and by the time this comes out, my life's going to be way different, which I share <laughs> with you. I can't share that detail yet, but um, Mike, thank you so much for sharing this gift with the world. You know, like we, we explore so much of the emotional in the show. But your ability to uh, share what the physical really means and, and how to tie in the emotion to the physical, we covered a lot of ground, dude. What did we miss though? Like, what did we miss when it comes to the kettlebell and to this program and really how this integrates for everyone as long as they can keep the open mind? Like, what did we not cover today? Man, we <laughs> we went through so much, man. Uh, I would say, we. I mean, we nailed, you know, most of the, the, the most important parts. I mean, to be honest, I'm just... Um, I'm so I'm so grateful, honored and excited that this program's finally coming out. Mm. You know, it's been a long time coming and uh and it's it's a reflection of my heart and how I want to serve and support the world. My three greatest I would say core values in life that are my my guiding post is freedom, health and service. And so, you know, through this program, the intention is to create more freedom in people's body and everything that we talked about, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, to create more sovereignty, to make people feel more comfortable and in their body and solid. Um, this is, you know, the way in which I feel most alive serving. And hopefully through this program, people will be able to serve their families, their communities at a greater and higher vibration and level, and then health. And the whole program, it, as I mentioned, it's it's equally as much a kettlebell program as it is a health, wellness, longevity program, and uh, so it's it's in direct alignment with what makes me feel more on purpose, more aligned with my heart, with my mind, with my spirit, and then taking action moving forward. So I truly, truly hope that anybody who follows the program gets it, whether it's just the morning routine or just the stretching or just the working, whatever it is that. That, that meets you where you are right now. I mean, right now during COVID, everything is so backwards that, uh, you know, it's got something for everyone. And I truly, truly hope that people enjoy it. And even if anything, just finding a community of like-minded, lighthearted people. I was so blown away at how heart-centered everyone is. And um, the conversation that you can have in the community is something that I haven't experienced too many other places. So whatever feels, uh, you know, right for you, if someone is inspired to step up and step forward, it would be an honor. Um, I mean that from my heart to support people out there with it. Well, I think we can feel that from you, man. And uh, I've always felt that from you ever since I first heard about your work. I think I saw you on Instagram too. Mm -hmm. If people don't know your IG handle, what's your Instagram handle? Just my name, Mike.Salemi. Mike.Salemi. Um, 
What a joy. What a joy to talk with you again after so much time has passed, a year and a half. Like, think about how many things have changed <laughs> on the planet since we spoke. I mean, it's, it's utterly fucking fascinating how much God gives us grace and how much the universe consistently surprises us all the time. And, and since we talked last, I mean, you've, you feel e- almost even more mature and even more grounded. Mm. And I'm in a new phase of my life and a lot of changes coming. And, and um, the, the show has progressed since we spoke last time. And I really feel like, you know, like today, I didn't have a lot of things prepared. I had certain things I wanted to cover, but I just let it be what it is, you know? And I think that's the true mark of embodying somewhat of skill or intelligence is not always needing an external framework to guide me. As we say goodbye to everyone, as people are feeling inspired, like what is that internal framework for you? And, and how does that translate into your wellness? Like, how do you define wellness now? Oh, well, first off, man, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, man. Like the ability to come here, to connect with you, to share. It's like what you, what I heard you say, honestly, and what I experienced you say is like, that's the medicine. That's, that's the, medicine. the medicine that is Josh Trent. And that is the medicine that is coming through right now in our connection and in our conversation. And uh, that's where the gold is. And so, man, wellness looks so much more today than it ever has as uh, alignment. Alignment for me of heart first and foremost, because that for me is my guiding post, the way how I operate and just like feel most alive and, and most loved and most loving heart, mind, spirit. And then taking whatever action that feels in alignment with that. So for me, wellness is the alignment and the integration of those three aspects. And then how it looks is is however it's meant to look. Mm. Yeah, you you live your life from that lens. I, I can see it. And um, if you are having a desire, if you're watching, listening, to live your life through your own authentic lens, movement's a part of that. It's a huge part of that. I would say like what brought me into the world of wellness and why we're even having this conversation was because I was 280 pounds. Like I wanted Mm -hmm. to feel well within myself and I didn't know how to get there. And I just trusted at certain times. And then other times I I used anger as a fuel source. But um, one of the things I appreciate so much about you and, and that I love about our audience and the men and women that are here with us is that we're just really all on the same path. We're all just seeking this human optimization. Like how do we live life well? What are the tools and resources and ingredients that we can do to do that? And so as long as we can approach this from like humility and not like we have it all figured out, I want to challenge anybody watching or listening. Like if you think you know about the kettlebell, (laughs) take his program and then you will see, are you approaching the world with the eyes and curiosity of a child? So go to wellnessforce.com forward slash kettlebell. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, Until Mike and I see you again, we're both wishing you love and wellness. Thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group, 
over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group, and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.